You got some sort of gout problem? Oh, it might be. Got to lay off the southern diet. Actually, (laughs) (laughs) that's actually probably right on the money. How do do they test for that? Is there like some sort of injection series? You hobble when you walk. Yeah. Okay. that. Check. It's usually like it manifests itself in some sort of joint pain in your lower extremities. Well, you've got joint pain in your upper, but that's... Well, that's got another explanation. Yeah. It's probably just good old-fashioned Lyme disease then. <laughs> I, I did, a, did a bout with a, the old tick dance. <laughs> dance with the six-legged devil. Mm. I had a tick experience years ago. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. That was my first one. My foray into the, the dirty underworld. I think... Uh, I think we don't describe what you just did and let our audience kind of... Well, they heard the zipper, so... (laughs) (laughs) All right, so where were we two months ago? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Dang. Not drinking beer. That's true. Yeah, I don't even remember what we talked about last time. Since we last left off, we had Cricket Man. I was going through the uh, the our catalog with one of the guys at the new office. I'm like, yeah, we had a one episode about a cricket restaurant. <laughs> we had one about a, a hobo fitness regimen. One about a hobo cocktail called the, the Hobo Rocket. Oh, man. An episode about Cricket Man, who was a cricket player, not a... We had the Dollar Porn Hotel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which also was cricket-themed. Let's and, not go there. It's a silly place. Yeah. When you distill and it the down ambush to the best. massages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're obviously here without Gabe and Marshall. They're off gallivanting around on a Saturday night like a couple of weirdos. Mm-hmm. Hoodlums, really. Yeah. I believe it's pronounced hoodlum. Well, I think mm. Gabe's watching 11 kids right now because he has his four or five and his sister in law's six or who knows how many. And his wife's out with her mom and. Well, with his sister-in-law, I think she's, like, added three in the time that we've been talking, right? Yeah. If those guys go out for a Saturday night, you're just going to add another one to the brood next year. <laughs> what do you, how, how do you even manage that as one human being? He probably just shouts orders. Helps the, as the twins help him keep order. <laughs> as the oldest children, they're given assignments and responsibilities, of course. He has them pretty well whooped up, from what I can understand. I like to think of them, you know, taking turns, giving orders, and then coming into the room... Now, what did I say about that? No, seriously, what? What did I say? Because that <laughs> might have actually been my brother. <laughs> I've got a, let's see, Deschutes um, River Ale, I think. This is some sort of a roof and all. Mm-hmm. I think mine's Chromium 6, right? I believe it's Chromium 6 free. Oh. Mm, like a Pepsi free. You believe or you know? hmm <laughs> <laughs> Well, in that case, I'll have another. <laughs> it's, I like to call it Schrodinger's drink. Um, you can use that with the zip. <laughs> Speaking of that, in uh, Brian's bathroom, there's a little message under the, the seat. <laughs> oh, you say, saw that? Say red room. From my, from gentle, my <laughs> gentle reminder to put the seat back down. <laughs> I was thinking in order for that to work in my house, I'd have to put it around the floor. (laughs) Just keep it in the bowl. So I was watching some car shows today. Got me thinking about custom vans. Hmm. And I think that's... uh, Have you considered stopping? 
No. Okay. You know, I was into the van life circa 1997. Back when it was cool. Back when I had, I was in a band and uh, I owned the, the bandwagon, the shagging wagon, as it were. So now that's legitimate. Have you looked at the Do- the Dodge Sprinter? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think Gabe's older brother, or uh, not older, Gabe's brother anyway, has one of those because of his necessity with all the dependence he has. The progeny? That's yeah. a lot to need one of those. My wife wants to get one of those or one of the um, Mercedes ones. Mm. Yeah, the Mercedes Sprinter is the way to go. That engine is pretty great. Gets good gas mileage. Yep. That'd be a sweet RV. Yeah, my parents have the RV. (laughs) It's built on that. It's actually an uh, an Airstream. Mm -hmm. Very well done. Westphalia Mm. Airstream. Is the German shag carpeting in the RVs any any better than the American? Oh, it's wonderful. Actually, you can can curl it around your finger. Mm. Um, that's beautiful. Yeah, we uh, and the same thing on the on the roof the, for the sound know, the, the, the headliner. Yeah, well, I know my my cousin had my cousin, not my cousin, my brother in law had a cube Nissan Cube. I hope your mm-hmm. brother in law is not your cousin. No, okay, no Boximus Prime. <laughs> well done. Mm-hmm. And uh, he even even pried the Nissan logo off and stuck an Autobots um, Chrome Autobots logo that he bought. That's on solid. There. Yeah. And uh, it had right in the middle of the, the dash about a six-inch circle of shag carpet. We <laughs> never could figure out quite what it was for. It's like said, a soul I, patch. I think maybe it's supposed to be, yeah, kind of like a soul patch. <laughs> he said, I think maybe it's supposed to be for your cell phone. So we set our cell phones on there. And at the first, like, you change lanes and it just goes flying. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, it's not for a cell phone. So That's weird. It was it's right in the middle of the dash, like directly above the... Um, audio controls just on for setting something but it's weird like maybe there's a an optional like velcro pad for the back of your phone or something that oh no i mean it, it, it. it was like a half inch pile shag weird. <laughs> like it was that's aftermarket there <laughs> <laughs> it's a load bearing shag don't take that off <laughs> i think load bearing shag is a solid episode title <laughs> So we people work wondering out. what exactly shag means in that context. <laughs> it means exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. There. That was a 70s throwback. It's like so. the room of requirement. It means what you need it to mean. <laughs> That's a Harry Potter yeah. reference. <laughs> <laughs> if we had a conversion van business for the gentleman mm-hmm. technologist, I think we need like a like a Batmobile type. Um, Which Batmobile? Like Scrambler? Old Batmobile, of course. Oh, yeah. Like, like uh, Adam West. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You need like a show car, show everything off. So if you got your uh, your Sprinter van, giant mustache on the front. Mm. Yeah, let's take, let's copyright it. Yeah. Maybe just a bow tie. Well, and people be I mean, trying to catch rides. Well, that's, <laughs> that's kind <laughs> of necessarily a bad yeah, thing. That's, that's actually kind of a draw is that the, the van is, is double purpose then. You can pick up people when... When you're not about your business and make a few extra dollars. And suddenly my mustache ride shirt makes a whole lot more sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've got the... Uh, the reverse ca- the reverse cash cab. Yeah. I think the whole windshield um, should be frosted glass except for a circle on the driver's side. So you've got your monocle very kind of stylized there. That's not bad. Or leave it all, leave it clear, but have it opaque right in front of the driver's side to fit the monocle decal. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's not bad. 
Um, so if we were to just skim some of the fat off of the, the ride sharing services that are available now, I think that's a, that's a market that we could hit. Just show up to uh, P. Diddy concerts and whatnot with your, what would we call the, the gentleman's mobile? Yeah. The, the gentleman. The gentleman? The gentle van. Uh, mm. Mm. I can picture it. I just can't uh, can't put words to it yet. We do have to be careful that when we slide the door open, mm-hmm. that the um, name doesn't change, uh, or that it does change into something. <laughs> I guess that is better than Uncle Gentle's van of tickles. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh man, like a Mad Street. Magazine fold in. <laughs> and then the door opens and it says something real cool. Yes. <laughs> I think that's that's all right. Maybe instead of doing this conversion band business, maybe we just hire a bunch of guys who have extra seating. Um, delivery vans, mailmen with trucks and the like. Yeah. But do we really want to share our profits with them? So you're saying that we shouldn't have our own rolling stock. We should just lease space on existing carriers? Yeah, that's right. Should we let those carriers know? Because then we have to actually cut them into the profits. And I'm thinking if we really, you know, we can increase our margins and offer our service at a lower cost Mm -hmm. by um, taking advantage. Well, not taking advantage. That sounds sounds slimy and underhanded. Not telling the people who are actually transporting our customers that they're transporting customers. I think as long as we um, negotiate the rates uh, prior to any of our I guess fairs you'd call them in this context, mm-hmm. then uh, then it wouldn't be underhanded at all. That's not a bad idea. So we're buying excess space on these carriers, carrier vans, and we're uh, reselling. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we could do to just to maximize our profit is we could actually consolidate. Um, if like say two groups of people needed to go to the same place, uh-huh. consolidate them on the same. <laughs> So are there any people transport markets that haven't really been tapped yet? Like what about, uh, like if you have a long commute, maybe you can't quite afford a car service. Like a commute maybe from Asia to the Americas? Well, I guess that that would be kind of the, uh, you take one of those cargo boxes and you convert that into like a conversion van type thing. <laughs> oh, I saw an episode of CSI about that. I think that's a, that may be an untapped market. <laughs> I don't think untapped is the problem. <laughs> That's weird. There's someone at the door. <laughs> Just order a pizza from a company the where they dress all in black. <laughs> That's weird. They all have earpieces in. I've never seen three guys deliver a pizza before. A side note: great name for a pizza joint. The C- CIA. Knock <laughs> <laughs> It's the CIA. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> Immigration pizza. <laughs> it's just because we were big Led Zeppelin fans. And we played the immigrant song. <laughs> What's the uh, oh um, DEA? <laughs> yeah, all the delivery vehicles are are bright blue. <laughs> Speaking of pizza. There's all these ovens sitting idle. What if we have a place that we, uh, maybe we just farm out the 
the unused cycles in the oven. Okay. So we have a distributed mechanism of uh, making pizzas, cooking them up. You could localize that. Maybe there's a couple in each neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Even better. Those pizza employees are very underpaid. Mm. Like, I mean, obviously from all the minimum wage stuff going on, mm-hmm. you can tell that they don't think they're making enough money. And I'm not saying whether or not they are, because I don't care, but... <laughs> 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 it's not that I made political. They think they are. And that's all that matters for this idea. You just have to convince a few key personnel mm-hmm. to take a part in, uh, you know, a couple extra oven cycles here mm-hmm. and there. Okay. Sort of a zombie network. Mm-hmm. So you're basically skimming a few yeah. pizza cycles off of each transaction. Mm-hmm. We got to make sure we do our rounding math right. Well, did you see that? That uber and lyft and all those they're they're using spare driver time mm-hmm. for food delivery yeah there's a company okay. in, in uh san francisco called avocado <laughs> man it's terrible that's uh, yeah that's pretty painful <laughs> is it if it's not it's getting registered tonight yeah i, I believe it's that <laughs> anyway <laughs> you can um buy avocados for <laughs> That's a little on the nose, don't you think? <laughs> Within the hour delivery. <laughs> Sorry, I'm cutting myself. <laughs> so no, no, continue. It's not high school anymore, John. <laughs> All my emo hair fell out. <laughs> Let's wow. spend that chromium six habit. Mm-hmm. Food delivery. So the next logical steps, obviously, package delivery. Like, who needs drones when we got teen drivers and driver's ed cars? Oh yeah. Well, I think we need to borrow from the uh, the router um, internet router model, mm-hmm. where if it's team drivers, we need to expect some level of failure. Mm-hmm. So we need to have the redundancy built in, so that you know if you have five teen teen drivers trying to take it to the destination, probably only one of them is going to make it without some sort of fender bender. Okay. So you could do a, an SLA type model. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have. If you want full redundancy, you have two drivers taking the same type of package to the same location. Right. Especially with the, the teen's responsibility that they just, you know, their responsibility level, they just may decide, nah, this, <laughs> this package isn't worth delivering. Now, and in England, when uh, the postal service was young, didn't you, the letter carrier paid the postage and then you paid him? So you paid upon receipt. So oh. you, you paid when you received the letter rather than when you sent the letter. I believe it it was the same in the U.S. for a while, too. Wow. So that was basically extortion? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so if you were really pissed at somebody, you just, you know, sent them an anvil. <laughs> it's like spam. In a big, beautiful box. Lots of ribbon. <laughs> it says, it's not gold underlined. <laughs> it's an anvil full of uh, cat dung. <laughs> Yeah, I tell you about the the time I received horse manure in the mail. No, (laughs) horse manure in the mail. Yeah. Wow. It's actually years later that I put it together, and it was my sister-in-law and her friends who sent it. This was even before I started dating my wife. But we may have ambushed their sleepover with ski masks and realistic-looking airsoft weapons um, at 3 a.m. I don't think that ever happened. No. It's fairly frightening even now. (laughs) And uh, so the next day we all 
um, got FedEx packages delivered. <laughs> we were, you know, I, I got it um, early in the morning, and I didn't even think that, you know, it's unlikely that a FedEx driver would deliver something before 7.30 in the morning mm-hmm. when I was leaving for school. So I, I saw it on the, the porch. It had my name on it. And so I grabbed it, ran it up to my room, threw it on my bed, and went to school. <laughs> Came home and got it into my room and it smells funny in here. <laughs> I cracked the thing open, and it's just full of, of horse poop. Oh, my. <laughs> well played. Wow. Because, uh, yeah, one of the... Balls in your coat. <laughs> one of the girls at the sleepover, she had a, had a horse farm. So, so they did that to, to all of us. And then um, the guy who drove us, mm-hmm. uh, his car handles all got peanut buttered. Oh, my. So they, they you know spread the peanut butter up underneath the handle so you couldn't tell anything until you went to pull the handle to unlock the door. And then suddenly <laughs> your, your fingers are completely coated in peanut butter. Oh, my. Plus all the neighborhood dogs get a whiff of that. <laughs> Can't even get to your Once door. my car all scratched up. <laughs> Got all the all the neighborhood fancy dogs looking at the door handles. I think there's a service where you can actually send someone feces. I think it's actually illegal to sell or to send excrement <laughs> through enough. the mouth. I found it on tour. <laughs> <laughs> it was on 4chan. <laughs> so a, a pretty good non-present or a screw you type of a present would be a large very healthy tortoise because <laughs> tortoises are known to live a century or more mm-hmm. yeah now maybe you Some, set this a present to somebody with like with the means to care for it well maybe you set it up with a uh, some sort of a, a fund that pays for this tortoise's care and feeding That's and awesome. uh, mandatory vet visits well i think i think you put a clause in your will mm-hmm. that you know this percentage will go to whoever takes care of the tortoise mm-hmm. you make that well known well of course then changing will back to what you wanted to actually be mm. so then you've got somebody who cares for this tortoise for years because they think that they're getting <laughs> oh and that's there's that's there's dark. your screw you, <laughs> you know? oh wow i feel like you know then, a... then you have in the reading of your will and to the person who took care of the court tortoise for all those years you're a sucker well, what about the what about the poor tortoise? I mean, you're just basically treating them like chattel and all this. <laughs> oh my! I feel like or there's a chattel. There's a movie in that for sure. I don't know. I don't yeah. speak French. So if we were cast in that movie, I feel like Willem Dafoe has to be involved. Mm. Maybe it's the the wealthy uh, dowager type. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then um, you've got uh, oh. I've got his face in my mind. I don't have it in mind. Sorry. Needs more cowbell. <laughs> yeah. Will Ferrell? No. Uh, uh, okay. Uh. Uh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. I love it. Isn't that weird how that happens? Yeah. It's like, wow. It's like you forget something so hard that everybody else in the room does too. <laughs> uh, not only that, I just forgot the movie that I had in my head. Headless Horseman, Johnny Johnny Depp. He Is he in the that? Headless Horseman? Christopher Walken. That's right. Gosh. Wow. That was hurt. I knew he was in the, he was in the 83 Dead Zone. Okay. <laughs> so I well. did a quick IMDb. <laughs> Not his most famous work. <laughs> it's the one I always think of him. But yeah, you have uh, Christopher Walken. I always think of him from as the voice of the tortoise. Okay. From the um, that music video, uh, Fat Boy Slim. Mm-hmm. 
He was a he was a Bond villain. Christopher Walken was. Mm-hmm. That wow. that is awesome. Have you seen that clip? Uh-uh. Oh, that's one for the show notes. <laughs> After we added out our embarrassing lapse yeah. of yeah. his name. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that'll get cut down. That's in three so seconds. bad because I love Christopher Walken. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we actually we need to do some heavy <laughs> editing on this. What's his name? Oh, episode. Christopher Walken. <laughs> yeah. But it clips. It's like what? Uh, Christopher Walken. <laughs> yeah, except for. <laughs> We'll have to keep discussing the lapse. Man, it took forever to remember his name. Three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was uh, Max Zorin in A View to a Kill. I'm going to have to watch that. Sounds good. Hmm. And he's blonde. It's shocking. Yeah, that was the one with Grace Jones. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, that's probably why I haven't seen it. She frightens me something fierce. <laughs> Ever since uh, Conan the Destroyer, Conan the Barbarian, one of those. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, I just had the title for our uh, our movie, The Tortoise and the Hare. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Is that H-A-I-R? <laughs> H-E-I-R. <laughs> <laughs> the Tortoise and the Hare. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Open a new pages document. They've got a screenplay template. We just need to get Chris Nolan on this. (laughs) Pretty tighten it up. I'm sorry, but that just trumped your whatever for the title. (laughs) Jump the shark. Yeah, what was what was that? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Something now. about a shag. <laughs> oh, that could be. I guess we could do a subtitle. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tortoise in the air. <laughs> oh my. Um, I did think it was funny that uh, when Connery left as Bond, it was mm-hmm. because he was too old to play the role. So a couple of years later, they hire Roger Moore, two years older than when Sean Connery left. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's something we gotta watch. Maybe we pick an old Bond movie and we do a commentary, like a gentleman on gentleman type situation. Maybe mm-hmm. not that. If we want to make it <laughs> phrasing, we need a sound effect for that kind of stuff. There's better ways to yeah to phrase that. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a how about niche M- audience? Like MST3K. Yep. Yeah. Unless, unless of course, there's any you know, Arabic royalty who'd like to fund the gentleman on gentleman. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a catch. You got to take care of my tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever win the lottery, I'm going to come find you guys. <laughs> I will avoid you. Like I'll tell you, it's a shell of a story. <laughs> <laughs> That's the poster title. <laughs> it's a shell of a story. Sometimes you got to put the softballs out there for the critics. Uh, I like that Morgan Spurlock documentary about McDonald's. One of the critics said, I'm loving it. (laughs) (laughs) I was reading um, out of morbid curiosity. Speaking of McDonald's. I was reading the... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, the, Sounds like New Testament. Some of the um, critics' uh, reviews like revelations <laughs> of um, 
the new point break. Oh my. Oh dear. <laughs> the uh, the makers were clearly paying attention to the smaller details, but somehow they missed all the big things that made the first point break a memorable ex- escapist film of its time. But my favorite was the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. It takes a very special director to make scenes of skydiving, free climbing, big wave surfing, and base jumping something to yawn at. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sounds <laughs> yet, glorious. Yet Erickson Core must be that kind of miracle worker. <laughs> <laughs> So we've got we've got the Dowager uh-huh. as Willem Dafoe. Right. We've got Christopher Walken, whose name I remember this time, who's mm-hmm. as the voice of the tortoise. Wait, is a docking tortoise? Well, this well, just got good. Yeah, I th- I think we we hear kind of kind of like that uh look who's talking uh, show and where the couple from the conjuring as the okay. storytellers. Okay. We can follow them. They mm-hmm. can be the protagonist. They're really great flies on walls. We need we need our plucky protagonist who takes care of the tortoise. Um, wow. Male or female lead for the protagonist? Well, I'm kind of thinking um, Rachel Lee Cook from She's All That mm. um, before the, the makeover. Okay. I was thinking Amy Adams okay. from uh, that cooking show she, she did. Julie and Julia. Ago. That's it. Yep. So she's constantly trying to uh, poach eggs for the tortoise. Mm-hmm. Or poach the tortoise's um, eggs, whichever. Yeah, that's true. Um, They're turtle eggs. Now, do, now do uh, <laughs> ironically, are tortoises are tortoises omnivores? Uh, I, f- I think they might be vegetarians. I, I had some turtles growing up, and I believe they were omnivores because I remember I gave them lettuce, but sometimes I'd also give them hard-boiled eggs. And throw a goldfish in the mix. I um, think if they can chew it up they're probably good at it but i don't think they're apex predators mm. i have never seen a <clears throat> national geographic seen a, a tortoise you know chase down a gazelle across the sahara boy that would, that would be an edgier seat i think that's our ride, i think that's our marvel editing. style marvel style after the credits you never actually saw though. them in the same frame but mm. it was really convincing editing mm-hmm. all you see is like the the back of a gazelle laid out and then you see a, a tortoise shell peeking over the top and then it slowly lifts its face up covered in gore trails mm-hmm. trailing from its chin then maybe mm-hmm. it winks so tortoise in the air mm-hmm. i think we got that so do we want to go like do we want to keep it serious get like a david lynch directorial he was the director of dune yeah yeah david lynch so, um, so although really nice and strange. Who was it? Um, Jodorowsky was going to do a, a Dune. M- missing a great opportunity for, um, oh crap, no one to blank out on the name of the movie. But it's a inheritance movie, right? Mm-hmm. The the one where dude goes to Mars and has like... You're not talking Total Recall, are you? No. Is there a more fantastic person in there? Oh. There might have been the Martian. No, no, no not the Martian. <laughs> but they leave him there. All it was uh, like this huge production, um, and nobody liked it at all. It was um, Avatar. No, that's the problem. Everybody liked Avatar. Wow, Star that, Wars episode. I'm sorry that that was remarkably vague, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I want to say John Connor of Mars. Oh yes, yeah. I I didn't see that one. Um, yeah, I'm aware of the the movie, but I haven't watched it. Uh, it wasn't John Connor. John Connor is from the Terminator. It's uh, but it is. <laughs> um, 
Get out of my John head. John something. Um, to IMDb. I'm John Constantine. I'm getting blocked because I have this um, Netflix movie in my um, in my queue right now. Um, Robinson Crusoe on Mars that I really <laughs> want to watch. It's John, like, John Carter. Yeah, Carter. that's it. Which also had Willem Dafoe. There we go. Getting close. Mm-hmm. Taylor Kitsch. I mean, the movie was like a huge production, and mm-hmm. it wasn't like terrible. It was watchable. Hmm. It should have been a blockbuster, oh, but it, had Thomas it just Hayden Church. fell flat. Whew. And Mark Strong. Thomas Hayden Church. My. Brian Cranston. Hmm. So, hmm. Gypsy Curses on the Tortoise, yay or nay? That could go. Yeah, definitely. That, Do we that want- could go comic, or it could go real, like, dark, like, Korean horror. Well, we have dark. The Conjuring couple as our storytellers, so okay. we should just go straight dark. What if we film it can, like that? Can we get the... Um, gypsy mummy machine from big and use mm. that but go dark with it what if what if the tortoise is like the the pit bull from the exorcist okay. is that a pit bull i don't know the big dog beginning i'm picturing cujo can can we as a tribute name the tortoise cerberus oh yeah okay. sure oh well, maybe that's like it what we what need if, is a nice Shyamalan three turtles you know what three turtles one's named sir one's named burr and one's named us Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Because it has three heads. Um, <laughs> I think I think we needed to go full artsy on this mm-hmm. and make this a modern retelling, but one of those modern retellings that you can't tie back in any way to the original mm-hmm. of um, Shakespeare's The Tempest. Mm. Okay. Caliban. Can it be in 3D black and white? Yes, absolutely. Boy, I think that's, that's essential, something. really. In a reduced format IMAX. Mm-hmm. So, although it's you know shot in IMAX, you only show um, four ADI like th- three three quarters of it on the screen. So mm-hmm. there's a large black frame mm-hmm. in every theater. Yeah, and I think uh, to legitimize it, we really should have all the actors do all of the dialogue in Mandarin Chinese with English okay. subtitles. Okay. So Christopher Walken as the voice of Sir. What a, an additional audio dialogue track. That's the actors doing, uh, re-recording their vocals, mm-hmm. but poorly synced. Poorly synced or auto-tuned. So, like, they're, they're saying the words in Mandarin Chinese. Mm-hmm. There, you have American subtitles, English subtitles, and then it's obviously a poor translation. Like, someone will run it through a Google Translator type thing where yeah, it's a obviously... Cu- a couple out. of times. Send it from Google Translator through there, Mandarin. There and back. Maybe. You know, from Mandarin into German, then into Italian, then into Swahili, and then into English. Yeah. It's like a monkeys on typewriters thing. And then yeah. we can have the actors also, um, instead of recording their own vocal track, oh, um, like that. record another actor's vocal track and mock them throughout. Oh, yes. <laughs> Do a That's parody good. of... Yeah, so... So we can get Willem Dafoe doing a Christopher Walken impression. And vice versa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Famous comedians doing impressions of the actors. Doing. I like I like especially if we give them the freedom to be able to um, drop famous lines from other mm-hmm. other works. So that you get right in the middle, like, you know, um, Willem Dafoe's death scene as the, the dowager. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the last words instead of, you know... Um, I love you all. Take care of my tortoise. Mm-hmm. Um, the last words are, you know, uh, Christopher Walken yelling out, there was a firefight. 
Uh, I didn't get the reference. Oh, Sorry. The boondock Saints. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's Uh-oh. a deep pull. Yeah. <laughs> that might have to be a gentleman on gentleman movie. <laughs> there's, there's a few stories that I've come clean with. Um, I feel like we should record some sort of a new intro explaining ourselves and our uh, whereabouts to the mm-hmm. the five or six people who are still subscribed at this point. <laughs> are there and still as many as six? To all the, the new subscribers that somehow get out now while you happen still can. Across. We um, might get some cross pollination from our, our talk show. Well yeah. Yeah, did she did you see uh the let's taper down there. Um <laughs> <laughs> did you see the uh the talk show today oh yeah the i didn't i, dune, I started a new conversation topic dune the interpretive dance casting oh, for yeah. Dune the interpretive dance man i, I <laughs> like that's, that's i like going artsy with it and having uh emma watson as baron harkonnen yeah and then uh, natalie portman of course because for well because of her performance in black swan okay mm. and, so uh, so she's she's the other harkonnen then the no one? she's the mother whatever oh yeah oh, th- um okay okay so she's um paul atreides mom yes okay the benny jesseret benny jesseret yep is there a pain box involved well i mean that's that's actually what we're calling the seating for the audience mm. is the pain box what if we do it like that uh, japanese puppet style where there's puppeteers dressed all in black okay and the the pain box is actually like a eight foot tall robot brought to life by three or four puppeteers. Mm-hmm. Fear is the mind killer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that's the uh, that's the tagline the, for it. The little death is. <laughs> I believe that le, le petit mort is uh, <laughs> already in use by something else. Um. <laughs> that really tees up some of the the reviewers. Like, <laughs> I certainly died a little. <laughs> um, uh, now it's gone. I had a wisecrack. <laughs> yes. Ah. Um. This will oh, right yeah, out. the tagline. Yep. The tagline for it is uh, doing the interpretive dance. Dance without rhythm. <laughs> Walk without rhythm. Oh, that's a good point. Yep. Otherwise, you'll... You'll attract the sandworms. Yeah, and Sting was going to be involved somehow. Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking um, Sting, older Sting, like mm-hmm. Sting now, um, with the beard, mm-hmm. um, as Paul Atreides, um, since Sting was uh, in the original. That's good because he might not make it till the end of shooting. So you want to? I mean, it's, it's a nice small part. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. Who do we... I'm just going to isolate that audio. <laughs> it's a nice small part. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Maybe put some bedroom noises in there. <laughs> this has been another Gentleman on Gentleman production. <laughs> who, do, uh, who do we want for um, Aaliyah Atreides? Grace Jones. <laughs> wonderful (laughs) (laughs) oh man that well's never gonna go dry (laughs) all right this has been another installment of varying wait wait or do we want um oh 
why am I blanking on his name now? <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Walken. Is it Christopher Walken? No, of course not. Uh, Yaga. <laughs> Gilbert uh, Godfrey. Yes, thank you. Okay, so let me try that again. <laughs> or, or for Aaliyah, do we want Gilbert Gottfried? <laughs> for Aaliyah. Yeah. Maybe they, maybe they just switch off scene <laughs> on scene. Or, or word by word. <laughs> or, or we have Grace Jones voiced by Gilbert Gottfried. Because in, in the David Lynch one, they did have Aaliyah voiced by a grown woman. So it was the, the kid, but with a, an adult woman's voice. Hmm. So there is, there is precedent there. Can we make it a, a, a children's story by making all of the characters actually be played by animals? Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. So you have, you have Dune. The but, interpretive dance. Yep. But um, with with uh, a cast of forest woodland with, critters with an mm-hmm. anthropomorphic. Okay, so yeah. we're not we're not going the full Bambi route. No, not full Bambi. Okay, we're just thinking furries. Yeah, so more like <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go Zootopia, but furries, all right. <laughs> no, no, that's what we were thinking. <laughs> Nailed it. And for a Tony Award consideration, I think we should have Dune exclamation point. You know, okay. Like, like Liza. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we do it in a big bubble font? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, wow. That is so beautiful. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't think this is, you get, know, Broadway material. Get Fosse attached. <laughs> but this is exactly the sort of thing that would blow up in the West End. Mm-hmm. I, I actually, you know, think that sadly or surprisingly or unsurprisingly, there are parts of the country where this production would would do quite well. <laughs> so all furry cast of Dune, the musical. Okay. No, the interpretive dance. Do, yep, Dune, the interpretive dance. So it's like a... Based on Rent, the musical. I feel like we're, we need Savion Glover attached okay. to legitimize the dancing. Maybe a Barishnikov type. Okay. For the choreography? Yeah. Can we get, um, as the narrator... Because there, you know, there is a lot of exposition that needs to happen for any telling of Dune. Mm-hmm. Can we get Yakov Shmirov? Mm-hmm. Well, we at least have to offer it to him. Yeah, mm-hmm. he has right of first refusal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Does he get to do a sides where he says in my Absolutely. country? I think. <laughs> yeah, I think he he has to. Can his character be dressed like an eagle and be um, sort of up above the stage off to the side? Mm-hmm. Okay. And can we have, who who would be good? I think it would probably be best if we had two narrative voices. Could we get another, I don't know, bird-like character to sit in the balcony with him? Okay. Making comments? Okay. Condor man. Yeah. Who, are you, who are you thinking? Condor mm-hmm. man. I don't know. Who could, who could vamp really well with Yakov? I don't know. But I'm just thinking that in Soviet Russia, still suit wears you. <laughs> that's true <laughs> maybe we could just cut out the middleman and have the Muppets uh, the Muppets okay. critics <laughs> the two guys up in the balcony making comments <laughs> yeah that's what I was paint, painting the picture of yeah, I like that <laughs> maybe Yakov Smirnoff puppet mm-hmm. with like a Ricky Gervais stand beside okay like the, the actual person mm-hmm. yep but someone terribly awkward, like a Michael Sarah. Oh, perfect. Oh. Yes. Yep. Yep. He hasn't been in much lately. He could use the work. Actually, mm-hmm. actually, I think, I think we, uh, 
we leave Yakov Shmirnov as the narrator, <laughs> as the expositor, as it were. Uh, and, you know, he still does his asides. Mm-hmm. But then we have to um, kind of uh, subconsciously guide the th- critics. Mm-hmm. We supply our own critics as characters. Like a mole. Right. Okay. And so we do um, Michael Sarah naturally. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesse Eisenberg. So we we break the the fourth wall by engaging with our critics during the show. Yes, but our critics are plants, and they're on the stage. Oh, okay. So we don't. Um, so it's three and a half wall. Mm-hmm. Okay. What and, if we, and we really see who's paying attention by having our our critics be Michael Sarah and Jesse Eisenberg, and having them switch at random points would, to see people. Know. Nobody would know. Well, yeah, you have them switch at various points through the film. Through I think the, Eisenberg's the a little bit taller. So we have them swap chairs, and, and one chair has like a, a little a phone lift or something. It, yeah, a little lift. So. What about for the co-narrator? We have audience participation and just whoever draws the ticket. Okay. Like just happens to sit up next to this puppet. So like the, when you get volunteered for reading in Sunday school. Yeah. Yeah. And can we have the MST3K robots sitting with Michael Sarah and Jesse Eisenberg? Okay. Can we can we train them? Like I know that Michael Sarah has been through it before with Scott Pilgrim, where he had to learn how to play his instrument mm-hmm. for the movie. Um, can we train them as puppeteers for this, so that they actually are? Well, I think that's up to puppeteering them. Puppeteering the. Okay. Yeah. So maybe maybe write that in optionally in the contract. Just a few production notes. Maybe we save some money on the the actual production and uh we ask for volunteers to help out okay who's the yeah. audience participation the that's very very new the puppeteer and john age. malkovich that actor what was his john malkovich it wasn't <laughs> the, the one the one character that wasn't john malkovich yeah <laughs> man you know he had that scraggly long hair he's just oh i have to look it up now uh the 80s guy with the ghetto blaster yeah yeah Who's always in the movies with the Cusack? Cusack? John Cusack? Was that oh, was John Cusack? That was brilliant. Yeah, that's right. Um, John, yeah. We need to find a, a role for John and well, we sister Joe. We have him consult mm-hmm. on, the, on the puppetry. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I think this is good. It could definitely burn a lot of money, at least. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually... Um, As kind to of the original dude. <laughs> kind of our, our statement that we actually take some of the proceeds... And we literally set it on fire on stage. Yeah. <laughs> Every show. Yeah. That's our pyrotechnics, actually, for the, the big battle at the end. Everyone just has <laughs> flaming bankrolls rubber banded to their outfit. The mm-hmm. producer in me is coming out, but maybe food for thought for a future project. A uh, Cirque du Soleil, but all audience driven. Yeah. Yeah. What do they call that when you dance in the sheets? Oh, uh, Wango Tango. <laughs> that's a that's an inside joke. <laughs> Somebody was trying to say circus land. They're like that thing. What do you, what do you call it when you dance in the sheets? Um. <laughs> nope. I don't know what I was gonna say. That's the roof and all. The Cosby special. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit lower energy, isn't it, than the middle of the day? Yep. I think we it's also, right on par. We also haven't given Gabe a bunch of Skittles. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Our viewers at home, we used to sugar up Gabe right before we recorded in the early days. I don't think he ever actually caught on to that. <laughs> <laughs>